but I think you get the short end of the stick, as we Americans say today. So the kids uh, have the um, um, the dogs. Uh, I think today in the uh, uh, we're getting bottle caps to help pay for a um, a guide dog, and I think the dogs are down there today. So you guys get me, and uh, and they get the uh, the dogs. So some of you probably want to join Sunday school right now, huh? So. Um, for the last uh, few weeks and, and through uh, June, we're looking at the book of Psalms and trying to see the different ways in which this uh, hymn book of God's people can become our hymn book, our way of, uh, of interacting and, and uh, enjoying, learning about God, uh, and a way for us also to kind of sometimes to, to capture what we actually feel. Oh. And communicate it to God. In fact, I, I would suggest to you that the Psalms is a great book from time to time, and I mean by that, you know, every few months, to be reading through or reading. And Because what you'll do is you'll, you'll find some Psalms you think, yeah, it's nice, it's interesting. And then you'll hit one and you go, yeah, that's me. And it will help you to express sometimes, maybe just I'll speak from my perspective as a man and uh, in my quirkiness, that's locked up inside of me that I can't get out. And in that psalm is a key that allows, whether it's joy or lament, uh, sadness, um, to come out. And it's a great way to help us re-engage with God, maybe in in an area where it's been very hard for us to engage with God. Maybe it's because God's not living up to our expectations or whatever. Maybe we want to praise and we want to be thankful, but we can't quite get into it, and the psalm helps us to do that. So I would encourage you um, to, to read the psalms from time to time uh, for that purpose, because that's what it's there to do. That's what it helps you to do. And today we're going to look at uh, Psalm 23. It's probably the one, if the people know one psalm, this is probably it. If you go to a funeral, you're likely to hear this psalm. Um, if you're in the hospital, um, and whether it's me or some other pastor comes by, oftentimes, and it's, it's difficult, to, oftentimes they'll read this psalm. It's a psalm of trust. It's a psalm that uh, reminds us um, that God cares for people. He cares for me. And it gives us a vision of who God is. But today I, I would like to take some time to, to talk about this psalm and kind of fill in what I would call the cultural gaps uh, that we maybe have a difficulty connecting to with this specific psalm. I'd like to explore then the elements of the psalm. What, what does it tell us um, you know, about this relationship with God, about trust? And then also I'd like to, at the end, lead you towards a path to make it personal. To go from a psalm to my psalm. So that it's something that is beneficial to you and that you can actually take away, uh, not as a completed work, but as a work in process. So this psalm becomes meaningful to you and it becomes yours. The first part is, is that the, the, the image of this psalm in the first four verses is of God, the Lord, is my shepherd. Um, it's a shepherd image. And you heard it in some of the songs that was played, Maggie's song and some of the other songs talked about that idea of a shepherd. Um, and it's a very intimate image. Uh, it's someone that's close. In, in other words, he doesn't say, the Lord is a shepherd. The Lord, He says, the Lord is my, my shepherd. There's an intimacy to this psalm, not a far awayness and a distance in it. Um, each part of the psalm, I think, is rooted probably in David's, the writer's experience, as a shepherd at one point. The presence of the shepherd. That the shepherd is there. The protection 
That the shepherd not only is there, but the shepherd is there to protect. And also the shepherd provides. The shepherd leads you and takes you to the places you need to go that you don't even know. Um, He writes, you know, as someone who's been a shepherd and who knows what it's like to be a sheep. And he says, God, to you, I am like a sheep. And you are like my shepherd. You know, this image is, is a little bit difficult for us because, you know, we probably, I don't know, how many of you know a shepherd? Anybody know a shepherd? Uh, close. There's a few of us that do um, know someone who, who shepherds. Um, most of us don't, so we kind of go shepherd, okay? You know, guy with a hat outside, you know, sheep pen or whatever, dogs, sheep dogs. And this image actually is very different than a modern-day shepherd. A modern-day shepherd um, lived with the sheep, and I mean lived. So if he wasn't to a place where it was secure or a sheep pen, he would stay out in the field with the shepherds, with, with the sheep, and he would stay out overnight. There was no bed waiting for them, okay? You know, okay, 5 o'clock, and I go, you know, have my dinner in my bed. He lived, lived with the smelly sheep, and that's why shepherds oftentimes didn't get the best reputation as a person. Uh, they, weren't, uh, they were a little bit smelly. The shepherd stayed up at night. Because uh, you know what, guess what, the wolves and things like that, the animals, they come out at night to pray. And so the shepherd uh, would, would, uh, would sleep, oftentimes during the day, but always listening to what was going on, being prepared uh, for them. The shepherd at that time didn't have dogs to round up the sheep. You know, Most shepherds that you know probably have dogs, and the dogs know how to work, and they help round up the sheep for them, and it makes it a lot easier. For these people, there, is, there, there was no dog. They were, they were it. They were the ones who were there. They were the ones to protect, to provide for the sheep. And also in this scenario, in this time, it talks about the sheep and the shepherd, and the the sheep would know the voice of the shepherd. In other words, the sheep, many sheep from different um, groups might be in one area overnight where it was safe in a walled area. And then the shepherd would say whatever he would say, you know, come on, sheep. And they'd go, oh, that's mine. And the sheep would go out. And they would follow that shepherd. They wouldn't follow other shepherds, but they knew. There was an intimacy, a closeness that a sheep and a shepherd would have. And, and that's the image of a shepherd. It's very different than sometimes our image. The shepherd was always present. The shepherd was always protecting. The shepherd was always providing. In fact, the shepherd was thinking about the future, how to provide. You know, the sheep is sitting here eating this grass and saying, this is great, this is wonderful, let's just stay here forever. And the shepherd's going, okay, where is it raining? (laughs) Because I know in a short period of time, their sheep are going to eat all this grass. There's going to be nothing. Where is it raining? Where is the future for them? And we'll be prepared to take them where they need to go. And the shepherd was very different from a hired hand. And they had hired hands in these days. The shepherd had an investment in the sheep. He knew them. He, He knew their personality. He knew this one strays, this one, you know, has fights, this one does this. You know, he knows who they are. They have distinct personalities, and he's very aware, you know. Uh, the hireling for the person who was just hired, it, this is just a job. I just show up and do it. But for the shepherd, these sheep mean something. They have personality to him. In short, the shepherd was everything to the sheep. They were that mysterious, amazing person who does all things. Who, when you're in need, is always there. And when you're struggling, or, or when you, you have to go someplace, or when there's danger, um, is always there to protect. 
And David, as he reflected upon his relationship with God and what God had been to him over time, he basically said in a very personal way, the Lord is my shepherd. I am like a sheep. And he is like the shepherd who cares for me. This psalm does a wonderful job of of kind of sharing some of the ways in which David, as he reflected on what God was like, how how the shepherd interacts with the sheep. In fact, all this psalm is really a perspective, not of the shepherd looking down at the sheep, but of the sheep looking up at the shepherd, kind of like we as people look up to God. It's it's that perspective of from the bottom up. And it says, as as a sheep, he says, you know, uh, God, in this relationship with you, I, I have all that I need. I have places to rest where I can find nourishment. I have, I can, you lead me to water that's safe, that's not contaminated. You lead me to water that's not rushing in such a way that, that I would drown or, or not be able to drink, but in, in some place where the water is still so I can take in the water and the nourishment that I need. And you renew me when I'm weak. And when I can't move on, you, you bring me back to strength. You'll heal me. This is my experience with you, God. All that I need, I have from you. You know, in this scenario, and the reality is, at least as far as we know about sheep, and I don't think anyone has ever been interviewed, so I don't expect to be contradicted soon, the sheep doesn't have to worry about life. The shepherd does, don't they? The sheep just eats and does other things and interacts and goes on and lives. And the shepherd is the one who who knows where the future is and who is aware of the dangers and who is watching again the rain and saying, where will there be good pasture tomorrow for the sheep? And the sheep is aware. That is not aware of anything, but the shepherd is aware of, of where to go and what to do. The, the passage David goes on and talks about, I am led. I am led by the shepherd. I am led on the right path on the life-giving paths. You remember the, the, the Psalm 1 uh, we did maybe the first week in May, you may remember we did Psalm 1, and Psalm 1 is all about wisdom, and wisdom is all about finding the right path in life and walking on that path. And so this path isn't just any old path. It's the right path that goes to the right place, that goes to nourishment and life and hope and peace and a good life. And the sheep just doesn't just show up and find it. The sheep is led there. In fact, I I don't know this, but shepherds say that if you leave sheep to themselves, they don't last very long. (laughs) They don't find food, they don't find water, and they can't defend themselves. They need to be led on a right path to be able to have life. And I think oftentimes, you know, a sheep doesn't know even that it's being led. And that may be like us sometimes, you know. We may go, God, where are you? God, what's going on? God, why aren't things happening, you know, as they should be? You know, I'm nervous or whatever. And my guess is God goes, you know, I, I know where I'm leading you. And I know you can't see it. And I think David probably had many experiences like that in his life. When he didn't know, it didn't make any sense what God was doing. But he could look back later and say, you know what? God, you were leading. Even when I couldn't see it, you led me like a sheep. It goes on and talks about the fear of death. That God, the presence, stays with him when all others will flee and run away. Where no one else can come as we face death, God walks with us. He never leaves. When all else 
moves away, when no one else's voice we can hear, God stays with us, even to the point of death from crossing from this life to the next life. We're never alone. In His presence, it says, there is no need to fear, even though I may be afraid, because the one who protects and provides is there. There's not an issue of not fearing death because I'm up to the challenge. I can master it. I can, I can, I can do this myself. But it's because God, as the shepherd, is up to the challenge of me walking through the shadow of the valley of death. It talks about his protection and his guidance. It has a rod. The shepherd has a rod to beat off um, uh, animals, other animals that might seek to destroy the sheep. And they have a staff to kind of move the sheep, you know. Every once in a while they get a little kick. Oh, well, this way, okay, that's fine, you know. And sometimes, you know, my guess is sheep don't like that very much, but they forget pretty fast. You know, my guess is we don't like it when we get hit by the rock, you know, by the staff a little bit and move this way. But we, we forget it fairly quickly. But that's how God guides and directs. He leads us. He protects us. And then there's this wonderful image towards the end of the psalm uh, that he sets a, a feast before us. And this is where the image of the shepherd and the sheep starts to break apart and the, the reality, a, di- a different reality, uh, comes into focus. That God provides an abundant uh, feast, festival, both now and in the future. And he does it, and this is maybe surprising to us, but not. it's a wonderful thing to David, in the presence of my enemies. In other words, to those people who want to harm me, who want to hurt me, who seek to destroy me, God blesses me and puts together this wonderful banquet of celebration and thanksgiving, and He has those who hate me watch me being blessed, affirming God's love and care for me as the sheep. That's the presence. That's what I, I get to enjoy. And it talks about it. It uses words of oil, of the idea of festival, being anointed, of celebration. And the idea of the cup overflowing is, is like, you know, uh, it's like we've got, we've got plenty of wine. We've got so much wine. We've got so much drink. You know, if it spills over, it's no big deal. It's not like, be careful how much you give each person because we don't have enough. There's more than enough at this feast and festival for you to enjoy. Because that's the kind of God who is your shepherd, who cares for you. The conclusions in this passage come and say this, the goodness of the shepherd will be with me. In fact, the phrase is, it, it will pr- pursue me all the days of my life. It's a great idea that God's goodness pursues you. It's not just that you find it. It's not just that you happen to stumble upon it or God decided, oh, I think today. But God pursues you with His goodness, which means that probably oftentimes we're running or moving away from it. But it pursues us. That's what David says. And he says just in God's mercy, His steadfast, unchanging, unmovable love of that shepherd will pursue me all the days of my life, even when I don't love him, even when I'm afraid. His steadfast love pursues me. This is who God is to David. This is what life is like for him, the presence and a relationship with God as shepherd, God's protection in his life, God's provision, his guidance throughout his days, and his goodness that never ends.
No wonder this psalm has inspired people. It's given comfort to people and has provided an incredible vision about God that has texture, that has feel to it. It's very short. It's, it's not a lot of words. And yet, you, you can, if you read it and think about it, you can feel it. You know? The last part I want to I ask is, I want to ask you to make this from David's psalm to your psalm by asking this question and answering it yourself. The Lord is my... I don't think any of you are shepherds. <laughs> so I don't necessarily expect, although if you want that image and if you understand that image and if it connects with you, to use it, that's great. I'm not suggesting you don't. But I'm suggesting if we've never been a shepherd. See, David was a shepherd. He knew what a really good shepherd was like. He knew what would happen. I don't. So although the, the image is nice for me, you know, it doesn't really touch the deepest part of who I am. So why don't you maybe think for a moment, what, what would be the answer to your, the Lord is my... A.W. Tozer said this, the most important thing about you is what comes into your mind when you think about God. In other words, the most important thing about you is what you think about when you say, the Lord is my. It's the most important thing about you. And it's a lot harder than you think, isn't it? <laughs> the Lord is my... The Lord is my boss. Yeah. Yeah, but... Nah. The Lord is my doctor. Well, there's a part that he cares and, and puts us back together, but that's not enough, is it? The Lord is my best friend. There's aspects. We've sung the song before, What a Friend I Have in Jesus, and that's all true, but you know, but the Lord is more, isn't he, than my best friend, than someone who's close to me. He's, he is the Lord. The Lord is my banker, you know. He gives me good stuff, you know, at a better interest rate. The Lord does give. But He's more than my banker. It's more intimate than that. This week I tried to wrestle with, thinking through for me, how should I fill that blank in? The Lord is mine. And I went through a bunch of different things, and I don't think that I've fallen on one that I'm satisfied completely with. Um, but I think it's a worthwhile exercise but I also want to suggest to you that even if you fill in the blank, the Lord is my. You need to take the rest of the psalm and fill it in too. The Lord is my whatever. And that means that this is true, and this is true, and this is true, and this is true. You know, just filling that blank in it doesn't make it real, doesn't give texture. But David gives texture to who God is by saying, I have all that I need. He leads me. He protects me. At my deepest, darkest moment, He will not go away. He gives a sense so that you could feel the sense, you could taste a little bit of what God is like. You know, this week the best I could come up with is the Lord is my parent. Um, combination maybe of my mom and my dad, the best of both. You know, it's like the shepherd. It's not just any shepherd, but it's the best shepherd you can think of. And maybe for you, I know some people didn't have the greatest parents. I had really good parents, and so that might not be a helpful image for you. But maybe to think about, you know, the Lord is the, is the, is the really, really good parent that I wish I had had. 
that I longed for and never did have. And that means he, he thinks about the future for me. He nurtures and cares for me. He understands that I don't, I don't get a lot of things. And I make mistakes that kids make. He doesn't just beat me because he's angry. He, he disciplines me because he loves me. And because he wants me to grow and be healthy. Um, and I'm his child. And I don't think this is an analogy for me that I, I never become the adult child. <laughs> I never move out. I never go, you know, I'll get, I'll get in touch with you from time to time. Let's have dinner once a, once a month or whatever. It's not that kind of intimacy. It's I never grow out of being God's child, needing to be taught, needing to be guided, needing for God to lead me. And maybe that was what Jesus was trying to lead us to when he gave us the Our Father. You know, when he gave us that, he says, pray this. He said, Our Father who art in heaven. You know, the one who parents us. The one to whom we are always a child. <coughs> Hallowed be thy name. See, God is a lot more as our father than just sir. He is also daddy. The one that we can talk to with intimacy. Psalm 23 is a great psalm. It's simple. It's short. It's profound. It's filled with images that connect to our hearts and to our lives. But it's also meant to inspire us. And for us to ask and therefore answer, I think, the question, the Lord is my. The Lord is my. And because this is who God is to me, the Lord is my has to include what His presence is like to me, how He protects and guides me, and how He provides and blesses me. In short, He is blank, and therefore I experience Him in these ways. That is the vision that allows us to trust God through the challenges of life because we know that God is there with us. And we know who He is because we have named Him. He's not just the Father. He's my Father. He's not just the Shepherd. He's my Shepherd. It's intimate. And I know what He's like. And it allows us in this life to make sense of the good and the bad things that happen because the goodness and mercy of God is there alongside the brokenness. Who is the Lord to you? What is your answer to the Lord is my? What does it mean for your life? Yesterday, today, and in the days to come. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we give you thanks for the intimacy of David's relationship with you. When throughout this, this, the book of Psalms, the idea of Lord and King um, dominate, that in this psalm, he made it personal. That although you are King, and you are the one who is the ruler of all, the sovereign, you are also to him and to us a shepherd who cares and provides and leads and sets a wonderful celebration in which you invite us to. Thank you that that reality has become most clear to us in Jesus who gave his life so that we might have that life. Father, help us to not just listen to the psalm and to say, isn't it wonderful and beautiful, but to take the psalm and to allow it to soak into our soul in such a way that we can truly answer that the Lord is my and fill that word in. And then we can think of time and ways 
that you act in our lives that reflect that reality of shepherd or parent or caregiver or lover. We give you thanks for the privilege that we have in your word to interact and not only to learn but to grow in our knowledge and love of you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.